Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection, Second Conversation, September 28, 1666, continued. When Brother Lawrence failed, he did nothing other than acknowledge his failure, telling God, I will never do anything right if you leave me alone. It's up to you to stop me from falling and correct what is wrong. After that, he no longer worried about his failure. He said that we must act very straightforwardly with God and speak to him freely, asking him for help in events as they happen. For God never fails to come to our aid, as he often experienced. He had recently been asked to go to Burgundy to get the wine supply, a painful task for him. Not only did he lack skill in these matters, but his leg was crippled, and he could only get about on the boat by dragging himself over the barrels. Yet, He did not worry about it or about his purchase of wine. He told God it was his problem, after which he discovered that all was accomplished and all was done well. He had been sent to Auvergne the previous year for the same reason. He could not explain how the matter was accomplished since he was not the one who accomplished it and yet it was done well. The same was true of the kitchen, to which he had the strongest natural aversion. He got used to doing everything for the love of God, asking him at every opportunity for the grace to do his work. He was able to carry it out with great ease for the 15 years he was in charge of it. He was assigned to the sandal shop, which was a delight for him. But he was willing to give up this task like the others. He would find joy everywhere, doing little things for the love of God. He said that the periods of mental prayer were not at all different for him than other times. He made his retreats when Father Pryor told him to do so, but he neither desired them nor asked for them since his most demanding work in no way turned him away from God. Knowing that we must love God in all things and striving to fulfill this obligation, he had no need of a director, but a great need for a confessor to receive absolution for the sins he committed. He acknowledged his sins and was not surprised by them, He confessed them to God and did not plead before him to excuse him. After that, he returned to his ordinary exercises of love and adoration in peace. He said that he consulted no one in his troubles. With the light of faith and the knowledge that God was present, he was satisfied to act for him come what may. 
and he was willing to lose himself for the love of God, and he was indeed content. He said that thoughts spoil everything. That's how trouble starts. We must be careful to reject them as soon as we notice that they have nothing to do with our present occupation or our salvation, and begin again our conversation with God, which is where our good is found. In the beginning, he had often spent the whole period of mental prayer fighting off thoughts and falling into them again. He was never able to pray by rules like others. He would meditate discursively for a while in the beginning, but afterward he did not know how it went, and it would be impossible for him to explain it. He asked to remain a novice forever, not believing that anyone would want to receive his profession, and unable to imagine that these two years had passed. He said that he was not bold enough to ask God for penances, that he didn't really want to do any, but he knew well that he deserved many, and that when God would send them to him, he would give him the grace to do them. All penances and other exercises serve only as a means to reach union with God by love. Once he had considered this carefully, he realized it was shorter to go straight there by an exercise of continual love, by doing everything for the love of God. He said that the actions of the understanding are very different from those of the will, for the former amounted to little, while the latter were everything. Only loving and rejoicing with God truly matter. Even if we did all the penances possible, they would not so much as take away one single sin if they were separated from love. Without worrying, we must look to the blood of Christ for the remission of sin, working only at loving God with our whole heart. God seems to choose the worst sinners to give the greatest graces rather than those who remain innocent, because that shows his goodness more. He said that he thought neither of death, nor of his sins, nor of paradise, nor of hell, but only of doing little things for the love of God, since he was not capable of doing great things. Other than that, whatever happened to him was God's will, and he was at peace with it. He said that even when someone offended him deeply, it was nothing when compared with the inner suffering he had endured or the profound joys he had often experienced. Since nothing worried him or frightened him, he would ask God only that he be preserved from offending him. He told me that he was rarely scrupulous. When I realize I have failed, I acknowledge it and say, this is typical. It's all I can do. If I have succeeded, I thank God and acknowledge that this grace comes from him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Angels of God are guardians dear to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Saint Therese of Lisieux, who died on September 30th, 1897, used to say that she didn't want her faults, her sins, to separate her from God by how she reacted to them. In other words, it's one thing to commit a sin, to fail to do God's will, to do something knowing and willingly against his will. Okay, fine. But then St. Therese says, we can separate ourselves even more from God by our reaction to our sin. Instead of using the sin to throw ourselves back into the arms of our Heavenly Father, we can become fretful, discouraged, obsessing with ourselves, thinking over, over, and over, and over again about the circumstances, wasting all kinds of time. And she said, no, no. Lord, I want to really focus on your goodness and not allow my faults to separate me more from you. Now, St. Therese's little way, this little way of love, which became famous after her death by her autobiography, is already being taught in a way by Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence almost sounds like St. Therese here when he says that he thought only of doing little things for the love of God, since he was not capable of doing great things. Brother Lawrence emphasized in these conversations that what's primary in the spiritual life is love, divine love. Nothing we do, if it's done apart from love or without love, has any eternal supernatural value. And Brother Lawrence was very consistent in this. Even when he sinned, even when he failed, what did he do? He didn't beat himself up. He didn't spend all this time analyzing it. He said, ah, that's typical. <laughs> he acknowledged it. But then he was so humble. That's all I do. And if he succeeds, he gives the glory to God. And that grace came from him. So what does that mean about Brother Lawrence's kind of practice, practically what would he do? Well, he would beg God. He would talk to him very straightforwardly for the grace he needed. He would ask him about all the situations he was in. 
he'd be very specific, very direct, very open. In other words, we don't have to hide ourselves from God. We don't have to think there's things we can't talk to him about. Brother Lawrence asked for help in the events as they happen. In the events as they happened. In these events, he found God's will. He found God's plan. And he asked for the grace to handle these situations. And what did he find? That God helped him. And this second conversation is so encouraging because Brother Lawrence was a human being. He had things he liked and he had things he had a great aversion to that he didn't like. What didn't he like? He didn't like working in the kitchen. He certainly didn't like traveling to go buy wine, big barrels of wine. And yet he was sent on these missions and he was asked to work in the kitchen for 15 years. What kind of jobs did he like to do in the monastery? He loved working with sandals. He's one of the discalce Carmelites. They don't wear shoes. They just wear a kind of sandal on their bottom, on their bottom of their foot with a little strap. And he, he loved to work, repair them, make them. But because he lived in the presence of God, because he truly believed that God's grace is what's most important. In a way, he didn't bother with what he was doing or what he was not doing because he had achieved this incredible spiritual state where he realized it's God's will that matters. It's God's grace that matters. And wherever God puts me, it must be good. And so I'll try to do it for the love of him. I will try to do things by his grace to please him. Because God has put me here and I accept it. I embrace it for him. This is the kind of state God led him to. Gradually, slowly. And we too can arrive at this state if we persevere. Above all, persevere in prayer. Above all, persevere in mental prayer. Spending time alone with the Lord. Trying to think, yes, but thinking in order to move us to love. Spending time every day loving God. Spending time every day in his presence, trying to lovingly accept his will, lovingly embrace him, lovingly surrender to him. So that we, like St. Therese and like Brother Lawrence, wherever we are, can do good for others in the heart of the church. Because this love that's generated in our hearts is shared with other people in the mystical body. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.